This podcast is part of the How We Are Network. For information on this episode and many other like-minded shows, visit howweare.org. That's H-O-W-W-E-A-R-E dot O-R-G. And welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins, and thank you for joining us. There are probably a lot of people who have never checked out this show before that are just randomly checking it out because of my illustrious guest. So welcome. Dig back in the archives. You'll find some more stuff you may enjoy. The guest this week is Ryan Panagos, otherwise known as Agent M on Twitter, and he is the dude at Marvel Comics. And when I say the dude, basically anything digital, he is the person who is the, the lead guy. And on top of all of that, the reason that I am speaking to him, even removing the fact that I personally am a fan of comics, and I mean, if you don't know Marvel, like, you're living under a rock. Pay attention. (laughs) You're obviously not participating in the pop culture conversation that's out there. He's an old hardcore kid, and he has a long-standing history within the Long Island independent music punk and hardcore scene. That's why I'm talking to him. So anyways, more on him in a minute. Let's get all the business out of the way. Propertyofzack.com. Visit what they do. You'll become more educated about independent music. You'll become more educated about new releases that are coming out, tours that are coming through your city. Pay attention and go to that site. We love them. They help us spread the word on the show, and uh, we help them spread the word about their site. So there you go. Uh, If you're feeling ever so gracious, go to the iTunes store. Drop us some reviews. It's been a little slow. I'd like you to pick it up. If you're a longtime listener of the show and you haven't left anything, please, now's the time. Let's do this. I appreciate it. It makes the show look cooler to sponsors, to other people who are interested in checking out the show, because I know a lot of people that leave comments and like, yo, jump in here. This is a great episode. So do that. I do appreciate that. Also, we are part of the How We Are podcast network that has some other amazing shows like Stuff You Will Hate with previous guest Sergeant D. And Let's Talk About Feelings from two people who work at Side One Dummy Records, Matt and Christina, great people. And then Nothing to Write Home About, which is a show that is similar to this, but focuses more on the songwriting, music business structure of things with Matt Pryor from the Get Up Kids. So if you like this show, In any capacity, you'll probably dig those other shows as well. One more thing, and then we'll talk to Ryan. So I was listening to another podcast uh, from actor Alec Baldwin. He hosts a show on public radio up in the New York City area, and then it gets broadcast all through the NPR affiliates. It's called Here's the Thing. Anyways, he had Jerry Seinfeld on the show this week, or last week, or whatever. (laughs) I can't remember, but the most recent episode he did. Um, and it's a fucking incredible episode. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's obviously two old friends that are just hanging out, but these are people who are, you know, part of the cultural zeitgeist. These are, you know, oh my gosh, like Jerry Seinfeld, Alec Baldwin, these, everybody knows who they are. Anyways, but to hear, there's something that Jerry Seinfeld said that completely resonated with me personally. And I think anybody that is involved in creative art wants to do. Basically, when you can personally define success as by doing things on your own terms. And that's how he, when I say he, Jerry Seinfeld personally defines success. Because obviously, it's like the dude doesn't need to work. He is a billionaire and will be for the rest of his life and his kids' lives and probably his, his kids' lives after that. But it's one of those things he still goes out and you know does 100, 150 shows a year of stand-up comedy. And he does it because he now has achieved that doing it on your own terms. Obviously, from a financial perspective, you know, it doesn't really matter what he does. That has given him the freedom to do things on his own terms. And I think while obviously not all of us can receive the sort of autonomy that billions and billions of dollars in your bank account can give you, we all can kind of carve those little particular instances away in our own lives you know, from the person who, you know, works a crappy nine to five job and then goes home and spends, you know, two or three hours a night on something they're passionate about creatively, that is reclaiming a portion of your life back that you feel you may be sacrificing because you're doing a shitty job or whatever. And I know this sounds like so simple and basic and sort of, you know, like motivational speaker-esque, but it just really resonated with me because that's how I've always kind of tried to navigate my life to where 
I like to try to do things that give me the freedom to kind of do what I want, you know? Um, obviously, everybody works. Everybody has to participate in some money-gaining experience, but you can always do you can always do these things that will give you that sense of freedom and that sense of being creative because ultimately i think all of us want to be creative in some capacity it's just finding the time to do it and then finding exactly what it is you're passionate about so fucking do it do it on your own terms even if it's an hour a day it doesn't matter just really resonated with me and i wanted to pass on that cool message and the podcast as well anyways ryan panagos Someone, one of my good friends who, a previous guest of the show, Mike Minnick, he sings for a band called Curl Up and Die. He's basically my go-to dude for comics. I ask him all the latest and greatest, and he tells me the stuff like, yo, check this out, you'll like this. Me personally, it's a very large renaissance uh, in comics as far as me reading them because, uh, yeah, I've been checking them out from the library, and I've been able to catch up on a bunch of amazing series and keep up with some ongoing stuff. He gave me a heads up. He's like, hey... This guy that works at Marvel is like an old hardcore kid because he talks about stuff on his Twitter in regards to like the Long Island scene from like Vision of Disorder to Silent Majority. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Um, And so I just started following him on Twitter. And then, I mean, he does it constantly, you know, references a bunch of bands. Um, And I just think it's so great for people that have a platform such as him who aren't exactly ingrained within the independent music culture he can put that out there and hopefully kind of trigger a few people to start to, you know, pay attention to that. I just think it's incredible. So Ryan was out here in Southern California a few months ago, and I met up with him at a convention that he was at. And dude's amazing. Like just one of those things that we sat down and we'd never met, never spoken beyond Twitter. And within probably two minutes, we were just like, all right, we're cool with one another. Like that's all you need. And I think for me, that makes this show so enjoyable that I can just reach out to a person randomly that has some connection to independent music. And within 30 seconds, we're able to just really kind of get into it. And there's that level of trust, like, hey, I'm not going to ask you any stupid questions or, you know, vice versa. He's not going to give me some super shitty response. Ryan knows what's up. He is in a very important position at Marvel Comics. I, I just I'm super excited about this interview. So enough about me blabbering. Let's talk to Ryan. I became aware of you know what you as an entity sure sure or I prefer as a human um <laughs> like I was saying when we were walking up here where it's just like you know you like people that are involved in like independent music can like the word spreads in regards to like oh yeah that dude was like into hardcore or like that dude was into punk like even though that obviously that community is so large now but it's still like you're probably like you're gonna probably mention yeah. that the community is so small at the same it time. It is. It is. Especially, it's like once you're over a certain age, where it's like, okay, this I should stop doing this now. <laughs> I should stop being involved in this, you know, youth movement or whatever. But it's like, well, no, that's just what I've known for years. Yeah. I, why I don't want to. Right. Right. You know, like I probably should, but right. So the, I still want to listen to youth of today every day. So you know, yeah, fuck anyone pr- who tells me not to. Right. Exactly. That's their fault. Um, I, I mean, I've always been involved in music and then like tangentially just like a fan of comics. And so just multiple friends being like, oh, yeah, like there's a dude that works in Marvel. It's like a hardcore kid. And I was like, oh, like, oh, that's cool. Like, it's awesome. And then becoming aware of you and it's just like, oh, you are the dude. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's more than you sure. involved at Marvel in regards to that independent music scene. But or maybe you might be the only person that has an, a, a general awareness of that. I'm trying to rack my brain about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about yeah. Who else? There isn't. There aren't that many. Um, like there are some dudes who were off to the side, you know, like they're metal sure. kids or whatever the case may be. But um, and like there's one chick. She's from Staten Island, okay. so she went to Coney Island High. Same yeah, yeah, yeah. Time that I went to Coney Island High all the time. <laughs> right. So, you know, we have some of that. And like I think my first meeting we were in together seven years ago uh-huh. she was wearing uh, a world inferno friendship society hoodie you're like i was I like yeah. all right you're cool right right we're good. and that the, that's the one thing that i enjoy the most where it's like the people that i get along with the best not only just like uh personally but just professionally where it's like you have that basis of understanding where yeah. you're just like oh yeah like yeah. we're cut from the same cloth like exactly. you, you and i can be dropped in the middle of the Anaheim convention center and be like oh yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah we're fine like I, we're good. as as dickish as it may sound you know yeah. that you probably know that that person has worked their ass off, yeah. has done... It, it doesn't take for granted what they do 
where they've come from or how they've gotten. Right. Just because, I mean... That's not our... That's, that's our, just not, not what... Like, that's just how... I, you know... That's not we, in our nature. Yeah. Right? We work hard and we have... You know, there are certain things. We have the values and the ethics and the, the backing that goes behind everything we do. And, yeah. You know, like, if, if they still take that with them in their 20s and 30s, then... Yeah, it's probably you're, you're you're in it forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so you yourself, born raised on the East Coast? I was born in Miami, and a uh, month old, parents divorced, mom moved up back home, which was Queens. Uh, so I grew up first like eight nine years in Queens, and then we moved to right on the border of Queens and Long Island, mm-hmm. uh, mostly on the Long Island side, and just grew up, you know. Um, Western Nassau County, okay. right near the Belmont Racetrack. Most people okay. know yeah, yeah, yeah. the Belmont Stakes. Miami's a, like, I mean, obviously you were a month, like you have no attachment to that place. Yeah. But usually, because I was born in Vegas, and people are always like, "Who the fuck's born in Vegas?" <laughs> and like, you don't hear yeah. people retire to Miami, yeah, or people yeah. like go there for the nightlife, but no one's no, no. born there. Yeah, and I have like, a, I have a half brother and half sister, which I only met like five years ago. Okay, there was a whole thing with that, but. You know they're they're from there, right. so it's a different mentality. One of my best friends, who he works at DC, mm-hmm. he's from Miami. So like, I'm like, wow, they're what would these, I what would I've been like? Exactly. Yeah. I'm like that's what those people grew up to be, and that's okay. That's great. Right, right, but, right. But it's just vastly, yeah, it's totally different. Vastly different, and like, yeah, you always wonder, like, because my parents were divorced at about four, and like, you always wonder. I mean, it sounds like obviously you went with your mother. You know, your mother yeah. retained custody of you my mother did the same thing but i always wonder where it's like what would my have life what would my life have been if my father retained custody of right me? like yeah. just the, those different paths where it's just like oh wow that's totally weird. yeah I, it was you know single child only child single mom dad never in the picture right so you know i can't even imagine what life would have been like otherwise yeah and I'm, I'm happy yeah you know so like, your, your your mom was i mean she was she was doing it she yeah, was just she like was awesome. committed to the fact that she's like okay well this is this is what's happening yeah. was she pretty young when she had you yeah she yeah. was 23 when she had me oh, okay that is pretty young um, and i mean she worked her ass off and i was like i had like grandparents who were around uh-huh. uncle that i'm close with and stuff like that so we're a good community family. yeah, yeah that and that's means. obviously why she went back there i presume to be like okay i need yeah exactly she needed the support it was there yeah um but i mean you know she worked like crazy which is where i get that from sure you know she she yells at me now because i'm like i'm nine o'clock coming home giving her a call saying hi and she's like are you just getting home from work i'm like yeah she's like you can't do that like you did that all the time you know that's just how we are right what did you what did she do for to as you were being raised for a living uh she was in real estate in new york city so like the, all the boroughs, like, she would manage properties and okay. deal with, like, crazy New York landowners and sure. property owners and all kinds of weird stuff, which was cool because it brought me into the city a lot when I was young. She would bring me in and right. I would hang out and see the city. And get which, a vibe of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it changed, you know, a suburban kid, it definitely affects you. Oh, yeah. it's And it's such a <laughs> – anybody that isn't brought up – or not, not even brought up, but anybody that doesn't have, like, that sort of big city experience of just visiting there, yeah. it's like once you go there, it's just like, what what is this? Like, yeah. This is a whole other planet. Yeah. Especially, like, people people that have never traveled to New York and, like, know the distinct difference between Long Island and mm-hmm. New York. People are just like, yeah, it's New York. <laughs> like, of course. Like, but Long Island – I mean, Long Island could be a whole separate state for – It could be. It's nuts. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Um, and so you're – but your formative years, basically, when I say formative, like, you know, once you started to enter high school and everything, that was all, like, in the Long Island area? Long Island, yeah, yeah. Um, and so when did, uh, you know, what kind of kid were you? I mean, obviously, like you said, as an only child, you didn't have any brothers or sisters. Um, and I think, I mean, that's, I'm an only child as well. And that's definitely, I think it's totally indicative of what we got into. Yeah. Where it's just, like, stuff that we beca- we can become obsessed over and, like, just... It just consumes us. But we, also, it's a lot of, like, do-it-yourself. Like, you yeah. know, you got to get yourself home and right. do this or do that. You know, be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of sometimes you're just alone, but you make the best of it and you're, you're cool. And right. You get on with your life. <laughs> I always tell people, and they find that even only children find the story sad, but the idea that um, I used to play Monopoly by myself. <laughs> We're like, but I had, I had like these alter egos who I played against. It was like, yeah, these guys who I'm like, I really, you know, fucking Johnny, like I'm going to kill him even though it's me. I'm playing the same game. But 
that that totally speaks to the fact where you're just like, well, yeah, I'm just gonna, I, I want to play Monopoly. Yeah. Like my mom's not gonna play with me right now. Yeah. So you got to do it. You totally got to do it. Um, and so, what, what kid were you like going into high school and like you know junior high? Like, where did you find yourself? Is that when music started to become a part of your life? Comics that already started to become um, a part of your life? I get comics were like I remember my earliest comic book memories were like six or seven years old. Yeah. Reading super early and. You know, as most comic book readers are, they're lapsed readers. They come back every few years, you know, and that always happened. And then music, 12 or 13, I can't remember what it was. My uncle took me and one of my friends to see Nine Inch Nails and Pop Will Eat Itself at the Nassau Coliseum. Okay. And we had, like, we had seats. Mm -hmm. And as soon as Nine Inch Nails came on, he picked us up, threw us over the balcony, Pushed the security guard out of the way, jumped over, and then we went and like to the pit and or, you know the, the <laughs> right the floor, the floor seats. seats yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, and that was great that's and amazing that was, like, that was it that was that I think is the starting point because he he's not uh, a, a hardcore dude at right, all right. but I mean he would be like yeah I saw I he his stories go back and forth it's like I saw the Sex Pistols oh, when sure. they were in uh, America or I saw the Clash and I was like you sure did you did you he probably did but he was probably like on drugs or something at the time he couldn't actually remember it yeah i mean he was young and stupid and sure sure just having fun but it's cool um so it was probably around then and then i remember early shows um starting probably like really going in 94 95 probably 95 i think sure uh i remember sick of it all learning about them in like 94 okay and i would have been i'm the same age as you so i would have been 13 at that time okay i mean if you're obviously like you said your uncle introduced you to music but who was kind of feeding you that music or did you just it was it like i i think the tra- the trajectory was metal yeah like like metallica metal sure into like death metal okay into like getting metal magazines and they would have a lot of crossover stuff yeah, yeah. at the time sure. and like and you'd see like sick of it all or Madball or other bands getting listed in these magazines and right. I just I wanted to consume it all I wanted to learn it all and at some point I guess the the punk stuff came in as well because I remember distinctly buying Damage and um, um, the <laughs> the Dead Kennedys with the in God We Trust Incorporated oh yeah sure um, on vinyl at the same time and then it was like on vi- on vinyl yeah yeah because you like you just had a record player? Yeah. That's I had amazing. a record player and they were awesome and then getting into the misfits after that. But there was no like one person. Right. I think it was a group well, of yeah, us at that, the same time, sort of like feeding off each other. Yeah, we yeah. just we would learn about it some some way and we didn't have we had the internet but it wasn't the same. No, 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 no. You know, no. it was like yeah, I mean, di- dial up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Angel Fire websites. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which that didn't that wasn't doing you any justice. Yeah. But and that's you know, going back to the only child thing, like that's what you know, you I think that experience of, like you said, just like finding out about stuff, you know, on your own devices, because it's like, I mean, even though like stuff was presented to me, it was definitely like, I found myself getting whatever, like the first victory style compilation yeah. where it was like, I didn't have somebody giving it to me to be like, yo, you need to listen to Earth Crisis, Strife and Snapcase, even though I did and it was great. But it was like the stuff that I got into initially was like, yo, guilt's really good. And like Dead Guy's awesome. But then it like, once I ref- like had a broader perspective, I was like, Oh, those aren't the popular bands that were out there. But right? it was like but you don't know that. You right. You're like that's that's what I like. <laughs> right. And right. Everyone must like that the most. Totally. Yeah. And, it, it, and, and then thinking the Donuts were probably the biggest band in the world because they're from Sweden. Like, like of oh, course. Obviously, they have to be huge to come over. They they got brought over here because right. they're so gigantic. Yeah, because they're massive and they're yeah. an all girl straight edge band. I mean, yeah. how could you not be into that? You gotta know. <laughs> and so that it's cool that you had that that singular experience of where you could start to just like put those puzzle pieces together on your own yeah, without. Yeah that sort of you know guiding influence which is helpful but not sure. like the bible you know yeah i it, and it's crazy i just i'm now think i never thought about it like that trying to figure out where it all came from i do know some of it probably came strangely enough also at that time or the later part of that mm-hmm. from like mtv because oh, sure. at, MT, at that point i remember distinctly you would see civ yep on mtv do the can't wait one minute more video it was Huge. everywhere. Yeah, and you you look you listen to that again. That's a that's a good great song. song. Great song. Um, Should have been bigger. <laughs> yeah, there that was on um, the scratch the surface and step down mm-hmm. videos. Yeah, um, and Earth Crisis. I, I'm pretty sure Earth Crisis had a video that I saw. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember like getting into them 
and then listening to All Out War like yeah, yeah. over and over and over <laughs> yeah, and yeah. over again. I still love that EP. Oh, it's Fucking amazing! Yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah. But it is, it is, it is funny. Like when you look at the lineage of like how you, yeah, you, what, yeah, what you like, what was the most meaningful things that you started to pull off? Yeah. You're just like, why did I pull that one out? Like, yeah. Um, and so as as you and your friends started to kind of you know feed into this, um, would, and you started to obviously go to shows like you know how. Uh, you know, how did, how did your mom react? Was she just like, what is Ryan getting into? This is weird. She like, was, she was, she was really supportive. Yeah. Like, uh, I would start dyeing my hair and cutting my hair in weird ways. And my hair, <laughs> right now it's super short, right. but at one point I had it, so this was all buzzed. Okay. And this was super long. Oh, okay. That, it was that cut. Sure, sure. But my hair puffs out. It doesn't. Oh, it that does, doesn't lay down. It, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a photo of me at, um some fest outside like 15 or 16 mm. sitting down smiling wearing like a flash t-shirt yeah giant jinkos <laughs> and this this hair and a, a straight edge necklace of course three x necklace right 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 right. And i was like was it the was it the wooden bead necklace or was it just was it just no, like you just I, had the three x's I, I it was like three white with black oh, yeah, uh, yeah. writing x's sure yeah. oh i know exactly what shocked yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody had to own those at some point, especially in the mid '90s. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, for all definition of the term, like you know, both hardcore and like punk and independent music and like the comic book world are both like they're outsider art when you boil it down. Like, I mean, obviously now you, that doesn't make sense. People were just right. like, oh yeah, you know, these these movies make a gajillion dollars. <laughs> like, how is that outsider art? But in their, their in their origins, like it was like yeah. you know, normal people weren't into comics. Like, yeah. I remember going into comic book stores in the 90s even in the 90s and it was still kind of like look at all these weird people like they look at these shut-ins like yeah. you know and it, did you ever feel that sort of like kinship with both of those worlds or did like is it is it were they both just kind of separate to you um I, cr- I definitely crossed them over and i saw the crossover i remember there was one show i was wearing uh, a preacher shirt preacher okay. yeah i don't know if you know the preacher gun in texas of course yeah so i was wearing that and i walk in and um Artie philly who's a singer for millhouse and yeah. stuff uh, he like slapped me on the chest. He said, "That's a good shirt." And he like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, keep going. Right. And it was, you know, and then I would see like zines, and you'd see like random snippets using images from comics and stuff like that. And the crossover was like, ah, yeah, yeah, all right. I I'm see. not alone. I get that. Other right, people right. are into the same shit. Right, right, right. Um, and so, did you uh, did you enjoy high school? Yeah, I was a good student. I was I was really good at math and. Uh-huh. Like, you know, tried hard. Yeah. I was a good kid, generally. Like, sure. didn't get into a lot of trouble. I think that's why my mom was so cool with, you know, going Money, to shows right. and, like, driving me, you know, because we live all the way in the western part of Nassau County, so mm-hmm. it's closer to go to Manhattan than it is to go to Suffolk that's at right. that point. Yeah. So, like, if I wanted to go to a show in the middle of the island or if I wanted to go into the city, she was sort of like, all right. You're a good kid. You're not going to do something stupid. Right. Uh, and were you, were you straight edge at the time? Yeah. Like, right. It was straight edge from like 15. Right, right. Until like 22, 21. Right, 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 um, right. Even though like I, I was drinking before that. Sure. You were straight edge so you kind of had uh, – your your mom obviously trusted you. And yeah. had that sort of ability. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, like I can let you do these things. Even though I don't she, – she probably didn't totally get – No, I'm sure. What it was or <laughs> right. like what it – meant to me right but you know i was i was fine right she knew right, i was right. fine it's so funny because it's like now i mean i have a two-year-old kid and it's one of those things where it's like the best piece of advice i want to tell him when like once he gets of age where he can start to do stuff on his own obviously is be like you know, like if you don't if you keep a straight line and you're like just focused on whatever it is that you're doing and you're not causing myself or your mom problems like we'll leave you alone. Like yeah. that's like that's how my mom was too. Where it's just like if you are doing these things, like yeah, you may be quote unquote disobeying them by like you know you say you're going to go to a friend's house or you go to show or whatever. But it's like what, what harm does that do? Yeah. And it's like that that of just being good is it gets you so much more. And I don't I don't. It sounds like such a simple idea. Right. But like it was just be nice, <laughs> be be kind to people, help others, work hard. Right. Like that. If you do that, everything's going to fall into place. <laughs> right, totally. That's what, that's what I. That's what I think. Right. I mean, work it, out, but I know it's like it's it like should. it's the simplest of things. But you're just like, no, that should make sense because your life should be somewhat relatively easy if you just abide by those simple rules, yeah. especially as a teenager. <laughs> yeah. um, and so the uh, so you were you were good at school. You focused on that, yep. and I mean, did your uh, 
was that to in some ways obviously trying to like make your mom proud as well where it was like hey mom like look at this what I'm doing or it was just you were like you just enjoyed it I liked it yeah you know I, I dug school it was it was good I was it was easy I mean, yeah it yeah was, you know it was just what we did you know I, right I guess it was probably you know make my mom's life easier because sure you know she wanted to worry about that yeah. yeah but yeah it was it was a fine time and did you have uh and I mean, it, obviously, since you were into, you know, comics and music and stuff like that, did you find yourself like the sort of stereotypical, like, oh, wow, these like, you know, the kids that are in sports, like they don't, they, you know, you weren't bullied or anything like that. Were I wasn't you? really bullied, but I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't like the, I wasn't in that, that crowd. Sure, you sure. know, like you weren't in the homecoming court. And, right. You're right. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a bigger dude. So I played like a season of football oh, okay. in, in junior high. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. Not so much. It's not my thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't really want, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but I mean, everybody was generally cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a decent school. Yeah, yeah. You know? was, it, was it a pretty big public high school that you went to? Well, it was weird because it was grades 7 through 12. Oh, okay. Um, so sort of junior high. Junior, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so every, I mean, you would have like the little kids mixed in with like the big kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it wasn't huge, but it was, you know, decent size. Yeah, yeah. Um, as you started to get to the end of high school, where it's like, what, what do I want to do? What, you know, where's my life going to lead me? Like, did you have that sort of career-mindedness about you, or you're just like, ah, I don't know, maybe I'll go to college? Like, I mean, I, I definitely thought about, you know, where, where is I going to go next? At that point, I loved math. Like, fucking loved math. Yeah, I was yeah. an athlete in high school. Dude, that's weird. I was really good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I could, I understood it. And I, so I was like, I'm going to do math. Uh-huh. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I went into college, like, focusing on math. The first two semesters or one semester, uh-huh. I was rocking it. I was doing great, like, weird. Where, did you go to, like, a community college or university right away? Uh, or like it was a Delphi University on Island. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then it was, it was almost like my brain said, no, <laughs> we're done. And we, we've reached our... I just, it stopped making sense. And so I had to shift gears while in college okay. to try and figure out what to do next. Right. Um... But you know, during high school, through music, I was I learned photography, and so I was taking photos at shows all the time. Okay. Uh, okay, because you did you did a zine as well, correct? I did a website. Okay, a website. website. Yeah, right, right, right. I did um, a website uh, on AOL, like one of their you know, community builders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I started it. It was funny. I started it by just wanting to put up a, a website about the music that I was, you know, like the shows and stuff in the scene just tinkering around right. and I was like I don't have anything to put up there oh this guy has some cool photos I'm going to put his photos on my page and then I take his photo put them on my page <laughs> and then he, he gets in touch with me he's like hey dude you know like, I'm glad you you like the stuff but you, you can't just take people's things I was like <laughs> yeah. that makes sense right and, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know you probably know him Michael Dubin Oh Mike yeah, 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 everybody of knows Dubin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, he was really cool about it, and well, it's cool that because yeah, you, that that could have gone one of two ways. Yeah, he could have like crashed down on you, and you would have been like, "Oh man, like this doesn't seem cool." Like yeah. you know, like you never have a sense of like when you know, and when I say older, they could be two years older than you. Like comes down on you like at a show or whatever, and like how that could affect yeah. you. Where it's like, I don't, don't want to be go, a part. Yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. Right, yeah. and it's like it's so funny how it's like him doing that made it like oh like it made sense as yeah. opposed to like who is this dick and what is he telling me what to exactly. do exactly <laughs> so it was good and then I started to write more and do photos and build this thing that had a, a decent little following you know yeah. a following in the late 90s uh-huh. um, in our scene I write reviews and this and that and the other thing and sure um, I did contribute to a couple zines, you know, that came out of people knowing that I did this website. Sure, sure. Um, so you did sort of freelance writing? Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. just junk, like, you right, know, right, a kid yeah. at a show would be like, hey, do you want to write something? I was like, sure. Of course. Done. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, that parlayed into where I went for after the math. Okay. And we'll, and we'll get there. But you never had a desire to play in a band? Like, did you? No. Well, I tried playing guitar. Okay. And I just, I didn't get it. Yeah. I never... Yeah, just didn't do it. Didn't work. Yeah, yeah. There are some things in my life that my brain doesn't do. Right. You know, I can't ride a bike. I've tried. I tried when I was younger, and for some reason, like... That's a really random thing to not be able to do. I know. I, I, if I 
now if I put right. myself to it, probably could figure it out. Right. But it just never stuck. Yeah. I, like yeah, I yeah. would get frustrated or just didn't do it. And playing guitar was the same way. Would you try it for like once or twice, or would you try it like ten times? Would you be the type of person who were like, "Oh no, I know this. I know my limitations." I tried it a lot. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I, my mom bought me a guitar and an amp. And, right. Okay. Got you it. You know, got like, it. wasn't the best guitar. Wasn't not like I'm trying to label you a quitter or anything. Like, no, no. But it, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because sometimes a kid, like you know, when you're a kid, you do it once or twice, and you're just like, like, "There's no way." Yeah. And then, but it's like, no. If you you went, you did the amp, you did everything, yeah. and that's yeah. That makes but, sense. And you know, I didn't feel the need to like play the music because I was still part of the scene. I was, yeah. You know, I was taking photos and I was helping out at shows and I was. You know, like doing stuff, right? And I was still involved, I right? Didn't, yeah, I, it didn't bother me, right, right? Right? That's a, a lot of people where it's like if they don't have that sort of uh, spark. Like, I mean, I, I played in bands from like '97 till about 2006, and like I even while I was singing for the band I was in, I still did a lot like freelance writing and photos and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Just because it's like you, like you said, you want to contribute. Like yeah. you, you're passionate about it and you want to share your passion. And it, but it's like. There should never be that division of like, oh, like, those are those are the band dudes, those are the photo dudes. It's like, no, we're all part of the same yeah. thing. Um, and so you obviously mentioned like you know Coney Island High and like going to shows like that because Long Island for a lot of people like you know that was a, like was a, that was a bedrock hardcore scene was, where it was like yeah I was lucky that uh, that just happened to be my scene and yeah. I, you know I look at it now and it's like. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. output from there and the bands that came through there, mm-hmm. the places that we had, especially because I, it always blows my mind too. Because it's like you're right next door to New York, and to have two different, like two completely different scenes, totally different scenes. And like, how does that, like, you know, like, there's almost even a third because like the Queens area, that's true, was. was its own alien entity on yeah. it, you know, like just sort of there. Right, right, like right. Brooklyn sort of came over to what we were doing on Long Island with like right. Indecision and um, and then Staten Island sort of. That's true, like, yeah. They all came over here, but Queens had this weird, like, yeah, yeah. this weird sound, and New York had its own thing, and then we were over here. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, and, you know, within 20 miles of each other, it's all these things. I know, and it's so strange because it's like the, the, like looking at other scenes where it's like, you know, you, whatever, Philly, Chicago, it's like, yeah, they all have different factions of, you know, styles of music, but it was like, and not to say that Long Island was so separate from New York where the bands didn't play with each other, but it was such a weird, uh, like, as I remember, it's like once Vision of Disorder started to come out here and like, obviously we're a big band, um, that's when I started to become aware of that scene where it was like, wow, there's a lot of bands coming out. Yeah from that area that aren't necessarily from the city yeah i remember the that first vod seven inch still so good so good i remember it blowing my mind yeah. uh what were we like it came out in 95 yeah yeah, I think yeah so. so it was mm-hmm. like 14 years old right it's like what is this sound what is going on <laughs> totally, here totally and then tim from vod mm-hmm. washed dishes at the coffee shop that my friends and i went to like I, that year or the, a year later and I remember I have a photo of him like washing dishes like this with his like blonde dreadlocks. Right. I wish I had that somewhere. Dude, that sounds I don't know him yeah, yeah, yeah. personally, but I just think it's so. Why would I even take that photo? But it's right. hilarious at the, right. now looking back at it. Well, yeah, because it was great. It was like you know he's in this amazing band, but he's still yeah. he's just doing his thing. He's a dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's I think that's what's obviously so appealing to you know independent music in general, where it's just like the division of what it is that people do on stage versus what it is that I do quote unquote off stage. Like there's nothing different yeah. besides the fact they decided to play with four of their friends and they happen to create really good music. Um, Cause somebody, it's like anytime kids approached me at a show in a way that I was like, like, Whoa, like, no, like I'm not cool. Like whatever you, th- whatever you're projecting on me, like that's not, that's not what the reality is. Like I am exactly the same as you, except you know, you're 14 or 15 years old. Um, and what to, bands were you in? I, play, I sang in a band called Taken. It was like melodicish, okay. hardcore type stuff, kind of like Shy Halud. Okay. Um, but yeah, we played like we played in Long Island. We played like Backstreet Blues. Okay. Uh, that was at like that shitty jazz club. There was like it was like a mirrored ceiling. Yeah, like it, it rings familiar, but I can't. Place yeah, it. and we played we, we played uh, we, we played a few times with On the Might of Princes, mm-hmm. um, just in like random VFW halls. Like we we would always come through there with bands like uh, This Day Forward. 
Um, so yeah, we were kind of like total late '90s, like you know, yeah. we, we, late '90s, early 2000s is when we came through. But still, then like that scene was still so vibrant. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's like you know, with Taking Back Sunday, brand new, and like yeah. once that started to become more of reality. But I remember, I also remember that band uh, Inside when they came out here. It was probably like '98 or so, and it was such a weird experience because they came out with Elliot, and it was so weird because Inside signed with a label from Southern California. And everyone was like, who's this band? Like that, because that was before, like you were saying, where bands that were across the country were so kind of different and untouchable because they're just like, dude, they're 3,000 miles away yeah. from me. And then when Inside came through, and I, I so distinctly remember it was like, you know, 100 ish people at the show, they played. Almost everybody bought merch from them because they were just like, what is this? And then that was. I love hearing stuff like this because that inside was our band. Like that, right. I've I've seen them probably forty times, right, maybe right. fifty times or whatever. Right. And like my friend of my like Ron, uh-huh. Ron and I like will text each other inside lyrics right. every now and then. Like <laughs> such like weenie. Oh, like, dude, the most emotional. I can see the pain inside your eyes. I can see you know like all yeah, kinds yeah. of silly stuff, and it's great. Right. Um, but you know. It, knowing that other people got them and like for me sound majority is one of the, yeah. my is the pinnacle of my bands and it's right you know i don't always remember that they broke out a yeah. little bit at one point they should they should have been so much bigger so much bigger yeah, so yeah. much bigger but um it's great to to know that like those bands get out there and we had those same things i remember 97 mm-hmm. indecision came back from tour and they were like there's this band called shy halud you will like them like they said it to everybody, like it was like they yeah. were going around preaching the gospel. They yeah, yeah, it's yeah. for Shai Halud. And then like the they the demo or whatever it was, and then the first Rev EP, yeah, yeah, EP were, came mm-hmm. out. We we're like, yep, yes, right, you got it, all in. Um, we're yeah. all in. And then they, you know, like finding those bands and having them come over and you just blow you away. Yeah, I, I love that. I really like that how you say where it's like something gets brought back and then just pollinates from there. Yeah. And like obviously, like how social media works now but it's like it's such a it's a, it was social media except obviously like in a hand-to-hand basis where it was just yeah. like oh you heard about it because your friends saw them when they went to a fest or whatever and right like oh i need to get into this yeah or you know like your favorite distro would be like you know you'd go to a show and they would have new stuff and you'd be like they'd be like this one you, you should check right. this one out and you'd be like all right cool like, yeah, yeah. i'll take that cd right right right, you know, right. this show that yeah. was just you know that's the word of mouth spread that way too so. right right uh, what attracted you about photography and like taking photos of shows? I don't know. I just I liked. I like being. Like, up did close. you do yearbook or anything like in high school or no? You, know, you just picked up a camera. You're like, yo, I think I'm gonna take some pictures of this band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I I started to learn that you know oh you can sort of manipulate photos a little bit and do some fun cool stuff with it and get pictures that are you know especially as bands that are like really moving mm-hmm. you know you could do some really awesome stuff with lighting and, and movement and it was a lot of fun it was just fun yeah it was yeah, yeah. That, that well, was cool because yeah it's just it, it's a medium because i mean i took photos like at at shows i was terrible at it but i still did it um but yeah there was something about that medium that was uh it was just like you said it was fun because you felt like you were you were trying to capture this moment to be able to like relate it, like to show to other people where you're just like, look at what happens yeah. to this thing that I go to. Yeah. And like that, you'd be like, oh my gosh, it's an incredible photo. Like I'll, I'll go to a show with you or yeah. whatever. I, I do remember the only thing I did for a school paper or whatever yeah. was I wrote an article about Straight Edge and used a photo I took of this band called Trip Face. Of course. And, uh, and Scott Jarzenbeck was like this with giant X on his sure uh, his, hand, his yeah. fist. And then I I wrote some article about it when I was like fifteen. <laughs> right, right, and that right. Was in the school paper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I lo- I love when you're able to because I definitely I remember my freshman year doing a paper on uh, a propaganda song. It was uh, off of How to Clean Everything. And yeah, like when you're able to like sprinkle those things into school, you're just like, man, I'm the coolest. <laughs> and people are like, who is this? Because I, I remember yeah. that you had to play. I think I played a piece of the propaganda song as well, and people oh, nice. were like, what? The is this and I'm like I know this is great right and they're like it's terrible and I'm like oh man you're missing the point um and so then as you be as you started to become like you said you had to you know you ran to the wall with math and you started to become more interested in writing you were saying or was it It, I went from math to teaching to sort of not wanting to do teaching and then I switched schools after uh two years at Adelphi I switched to SUNY Purchase which is state school Mm -hmm. um in Westchester 
and partially because I was dating a girl that she was going there, just yeah. went there, whatever. Convenience, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so there I got uh, turned on to journalism and the school newspaper there uh, and ac- where it was actual contribution, contribution to what was going on there and learning the art and the craft of journalism. Mm-hmm. That's what got me. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah, you're like, this is the path. Yeah, like yeah. I want to do entertainment journalism. I want to write, write about fun stuff. I want to report about fun stuff. I want to do cool things that are about the things that I love, music, movies, comic books, yeah. stuff like that. That's where I want to go with it. And had then, you had you always been interested in like I mean because obviously even though hardcore and punk is a part of pop culture had you always been interested in the kind of the larger scope of pop culture? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I like love Star Wars and all yeah. the movies that I loved, and you know, TV shows, and never branded it as such as growing up. But yeah, it was definitely always there, like into the pop culture of it all. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always it's always so weird for me to hear people that say that like they haven't seen a movie in a year or it's like it, it you know what i'm saying yeah. where it's just like they're like oh yeah i haven't been in theaters in like two years i'm like really yeah like i mean i understand like you know life gets in the way and you get busy and maybe i haven't seen a movie in like or like gone to the theater in like three months but that's like i'm like Whew, that's <laughs> whereas most people would be like that's not normal that you feel that and so then once journalism obviously started to you know capture your attention you uh was your, what was your first job coming out of college like that you were looking to do like did you do internships and stuff like that so i mean and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier mm. i worked three jobs while i was in college okay i worked at best buy i worked at the computer lab and nice. i worked um at i was a i was a shipping manager at a religious carvings company that i'd been doing since i was 15 it was like the family business for them and i was just right you were just it was, part it was of a job driver, that right? i and then it was like oh great this is a thing i can do Easily one day a week and do right. my Best Buy three days a week and do computer lab three days a week and right. still go to school and try and figure out how to do it all. Right. There was, Religious carving sounds amazing. Like, was it, I mean, it was just it was, like figurines of Jesus and Jesus's and crosses uh, and whatever. Crosses and statues and like, it was crazy because there was this deep, long, dark basement and yeah. it was just lined with statues and crosses. That is creepy. And yeah, like, yeah. if you only had the light on where you are, it would like get real dark as you get further along. Yeah, yeah, It'd yeah. just be like Saint Francis, like just down there, like looking at you, just like come on you. down, yeah. come on over here. Yeah, yeah. I got a bird. You may die. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so that, I did that, all that kind of stuff. Right, right. Um, what was the question? Yeah, no, no. You were, you were just you were you were hustling at the time, and you were uh, like, what jobs? Like you were right, interning. So and... the, as I was finishing school, and I had always been reading since I was like. 10 or 11, I was reading a magazine called Wizard. Yeah. yeah. Wizard magazine, I mean, it was like, that was the comic book, you know, Bible. fan's Bible. Yeah, For totally. so long. Totally. And just like Beckett with trading cards. Yeah. Where you're just like, yeah, whatever this says. Is, yeah. yeah and it. then they launched Toy Fair and I was like, I love this stuff. This is, yeah. these are great. They're funny. They speak to the things that I like and they, they don't talk down. They're just like, they're like, we love this stuff. You love this stuff. Let's go. Right. And I was like, this is cool. And I saw an ad for an assistant editor job at Toy Fair. And I was like, I just got a degree in journalism. I could do this. I could apply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Boom, apply. And I'm like, I'm going to get that job. And then I get a call uh, right before school ends mm-hmm. uh, being like, hey, is this Ryan? I'm like, yeah. He's like, hey, this is Justin. You applied for the assistant editor job at Toy Fair. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, I got the job, but I need writers. Do you want to write some freelance for me? Uh, he's like, I don't have anyone yet. So your application is here and it seems good. I was like, sure. Yeah. You're like, but that's a weird intro. Hey, hey, so I got that job. Yeah, I I distinctly remember that. Um, (laughs) And you were like, probably a better way to phrase that. (laughs) But it was, yeah, but you were fine. Opportunity is opportunity. Totally. I moved back into my mom's house Mm -hmm. right out of college and did freelance for Toy Fair. And it was like writing about military toys I knew nothing about, uh, the toy market, which, Uh you know, required reporting and doing some other things. Still stuff that I really wasn't familiar with, but le- learning about it. Right, right, right. You dove into it. Yeah. I just took any assignment they gave me and worked on it. Mm-hmm. And tried to do some more freelance. Like, I wanted to write for Fangoria and some video game websites. I did some video game writing, but mm-hmm. not a ton. And then I worked at Blockbuster for a year, like, 
Dude, that's my first job. I have such yeah. fond memories of Blockbuster Yeah, video. totally. I, and I started out as like, you know, just a regular drone and then worked up to assistant manager. And oh, they yeah. like, they wanted to keep me going, but I, I moved out. I moved to Brooklyn. Um, actually, I stayed with Blockbuster, moved to Brooklyn with some friends. And I remember um, Wizard called mm-hmm. and they were like, hey, we have uh, an opening in our research department. Do you want to come interview? You, you're spoken highly of by Justin and Toy Fair. So... You know, sure, and, and that's smart. They're hiring from people they know, right? You know, so I go up, I'm wearing a suit, a venom tie, got my fucking venom tie on. I drive. <laughs> You're like, dude, I got this. I got the venom tie. I'm in. And then I was like, <laughs> I was done. I was so nervous. Oh I yeah, was so nervous because I'm at that time early twenties. I'm sure twenty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah twenty two. Yeah, and I don't know shit about shit no, at that point. No, no one does, and. I go there and I'm at Wizard where that I've been reading for 10 years since I was a kid right. and they sit me down in a conference room to interview me and I look up and it's like framed covers of the first bunch of issues and specifically framed the one that I, the first issue that I bought uh-huh. it was so intimidating right you know to be there oh, and course. try to deal with that and they were asking they were super nice but yeah. like flop sweat <laughs> right right like, right you're like it It'll be good if I walk out of this interview without soiling myself. Right. And like <laughs> that's a success. I bombed it, whatever they said they thanked me, and I went back to my car. Car's dead. I forgot to turn the lights off. <laughs> I have to come back inside. Yeah. The the managing editor has to jump start my car. Uh uh-huh. so do that. I'm like, great. So that's never gonna happen. <laughs> right, this sucks. Go back, continue on. They call me back again like two or three months later. They're like, Hey, we have this other job, price guide assistant for wizard do you want to come back and interview one more time and i'm like yes that point i was like i fucking got this yeah yeah yeah. my shit was all together yeah i went in there i'm mentally prepared yeah like walking the walk talking the talk sure knocked them dead a couple weeks later i'm walking down the street with a friend of mine in brooklyn going to get a sandwich phone rings answer it it's wizard offers me a job Mm. i'm in that's amazing that was it yeah yeah yeah. you're like this is this is the beginning of my hopeful career into the future. Yeah. Like when you do get that first opportunity, because I, I worked at Century Media Records mm-hmm. for about eight years. Yeah, yeah. And I got hired, I think, yeah, when I was 22 or 23. Um, I, to this day, I still have never had a job interview. So like I, uh, it was weird. Like at 30, I was like, I should have a job interview. <laughs> I've never, like your experience, I'm like, I feel like I should have had that by now, but that's yeah. not the point. Um, but yeah, once you feel like you all of a sudden turn that corner where you're just like, Oh, that that job! Like, I mean, I had I didn't have this burning desire to like work in the music industry. I just knew I wanted like you wanted to work with something I was passionate sure. about. But to have like when you when you do have that opportunity given to you, you're just like, oh, I I think I fooled them. Like, <laughs> I I don't know if I necessarily like I'm 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 confident in my skills, but at the same time, I'm like, should they be giving this to me? Like, did you did you ever feel that? Like, uh, you know, I guess whatever, maybe like a year after you got the job or you're just like, oh, like, this, this is weird that I'm here. A little bit of the weird that I'm here, mm-hmm. but I started as Price Guide Assistant. Within like two months, I was Price Guide Editor. And I like took over for the guy who was there. He couldn't cut it, so I took over. Yeah. And I just ran with it. Like, mm-hmm. I developed new content. I created ideas. I took on more work, and it was just... It was just like, no, this is this is what I want to do. I want to make it better. I want to do more. Yeah. And so it was like, it was it was like a, uh, I'm all I'm I'm here. This right. is awesome. I'm gonna inject myself. Yeah. I like the, I like how you framed that in regards to like I wanted to take what was already existing and obviously like make it better because it's like a lot of people I think that once they get into some sort of profession, whatever it is, um, you know, might feel hindered by a lot of the, you know, structures that already exist. Where they're just like, oh, I can't, like, what is my idea going to do here? It's like, you know, a, a drop in a bucket. But it, it, the um, the fact that you kind of rolled up your sleeves and tried to yeah. do what you could within the limitations of what you had, like, that's, that's a, you know, I think that is, like you said, directly related to, like, what... Your experience wasn't just like, oh, yeah, well, I guess I'll go to shows and take photos. Exactly. It was like, like this oh, is what I'm going to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm doing that. Right, right. Right. Yeah. I'm not asking to do that. I'm going to do that. Right. You know, like, let's let's go. Let's have fun and do all these cool things. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's definitely, yeah. I, the permission thing is a huge thing where it's just yeah. like, you don't like you don't need to ask. Like, you just, 
as long as you do it without bumming anybody out and yeah. then you can prove that like hey this thing like is cool and it works um then we should keep going with yeah. it <laughs> um and so then as you you know as you started to progress through wizard and obviously experience like that the editorial side of things and creating content like was it is it honestly just because out of curiosity or anything else is it a pretty cutthroat industry as far as like the way that people uh i guess like turnover within that like do people kind of like roll in and out or wizard specifically but like uh you know do, was there people that were kind of there just because it was a job and it wasn't something they were particularly passionate about wizard at the time and it, it's so strange it was like it was one of those very at least to to us it was a very unique place at a very unique time it wasn't the magazine it wasn't the company's um creative apex or like the oh, best sure. period or whatever right because it was like as they were in the downswing okay you know i was there 2003 to 2006 and i i still i think our product was good but it wasn't the same as it was before and it was being driven and it started to get driven in certain ways that sure didn't gel with what we wanted creatively but whatever right. There were a bunch of us who were all there at the same time mm -hmm. who are, like, now some of my greatest friends, even though we've gone our separate ways. You know, right. like, two of them were in my wedding. You know, um, other guys have gone on, like, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing at Marvel. Mm -hmm. One of my – an editor who works for me worked at Wizard, and I brought him over. Uh, three editors at DC worked at Wizard – you know, two ed uh, two editors at Marvel worked at Wizard. Um, you know, vice president people all over the place yeah, came yeah. from Wizard, and for the most part, we were all like doing it because this was you what wanted we were, to be yeah, there. Yeah, we yeah. wanted to be there. We wanted to do these cool things. We all had those early memories of this product and like wanting to contribute to it later on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially when it's like when whenever where, wherever you're working like encounters hardships of like whatever nature whether it's like you know changing formats or what have you it does weed out the people who are just like oh yeah this like this person's not gonna hack it because yeah. they're not they're not on board in the same way right that we're yeah. on board like yeah. you'll see people people some people were there less time some people were there more time um, and it it is what it is you yeah know, it's fine right yeah not everybody can be yeah. as you know. Mm -hmm for lack of a better term, nerdy, where it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm committed to this. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, of course. Like, oh, I don't get paid for, you know, a month or two because we're going through a lean time and then you'll get me back. Like, oh, sure, I'll do that because I want to work. <laughs> yeah, there are those times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it, I, I, I experienced that in, in, in Century Media as well because like, they just started a, uh, like, an offshoot. This was called Abacus Recordings and we had, like, Sick of All and Ignite and stuff and it was, like, the first three months we weren't paid because we were waiting on a check from our distributor. And it was one of those things where it was like, I had to go to my wife to be like, yo, so I'm not getting paid for three months. And it was like, but it was like, I, I have to do this yeah. because I'm here. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm committed to this. Yeah. Um, and so then obviously now where you're at in Marvel, um, like when, when that opportunity showed itself to you, was it one of those things where it was, you know, you felt ready for it or you were just like, well, I guess I'll try this out. Well, for the first year I was at Wizard, mm -hmm. I was price guide editor. The at some point in the second year, I said I wanted I want to be associate editor. Actually, I asked I want to be um, editor at large, and the okay. managing editor was like, "You don't understand what that title means." I'm like, "I don't, but it sounds cool." <laughs> yeah, it sounds it's great. Like that means someone <laughs> who's outside the building, outside doing other things. You're here. What about associate editor? Mm -hmm. It's like okay, fine. I'll, I'll take associate editor. And I want to take over video games, and I want to do independent comics and um, other stuff as well. And it was like, all right. So the second year was building that up. By the beginning of my third year at Wizard, they also said, you're now going to be the contact for Marvel, which means you're going to work hand-in-hand -hand with Marvel to make sure that Wizard gets all the information. Their stuff is properly You go to yeah. their meetings. You interview all their creators you um you visit their office mm -hmm. every month or every other month you know do all this stuff and in doing that i built relationships with the staff there and, you know understood what they were doing sure. really well mm -hmm. and i was at marvel in like the summer of 2006 wearing a most precious blood t-shirt and camouflage shorts, visiting the office, going from office to office, saying hi, sitting down and asking, all right, so what's the big plans for the comics in your 
what you're editing in the next X number of months. Right. And like then coming up with ideas for articles and features and stuff. Sure. And as I was doing that, I was walking down the hall and I hear, hey, Ryan, come on over here for a second. And it's one of the vice presidents, a guy, John Dokes, mm-hmm. who um, I dealt with a bunch and we were friendly. He said, come on and sit down. And so I sat down and we're chatting in his office, chat, just chatting, chatting, chatting. He, some, at some point he closes the door and we're chatting, chatting, chatting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like, hold on a second. I just want to bring somebody in here. And he goes out, brings in another guy. We start chatting. And by the end of it, I'm like, I think this is an interview. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, se- I, the secret interview yeah. where it's like it's not set up is, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Just, just like that. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, they call me and they say, hey, do you want to come over here? and be associate editor for marvel.com and basically be the person who creates all the content for marvel online right um and i was like yes of course i can do this yeah yeah, yeah. yes you see you seem to me just like i mean obviously in the you know 45 minutes we've been speaking like you um you have a you have a clear picture of what it is that you feel like you want to accomplish from like your professional standpoint but you don't seem like a dick like, because sometimes it's, it's like, yeah, I mean, because sometimes it's difficult, especially when you're talking about large organizations to kind of get things done without being like that person where it's just like, oh, dude, that guy needs to fucking chill out. Like, calm down, Ryan. Like all the like these 40 ideas that you have, like we can do one of them. Like, calm down. Is it one of those things that you, you know, you felt a lot of struggles as you started to, I mean, especially within the Marvel, uh, the context of Marvel, where there was any of that sort of like okay ryan like we can give you these few things but you know that that sort of feedback or people being like like ryan needs to calm down like that sort of overzealousness um you know it's been pretty good i've gotten a lot of support from marvel over the years it's been nice uh not everything i want to do we (laughs) can do right 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 but, but i i've said you know i i remember i read an article in wired in like spring of 2007 um, about this thing called Twitter, and I was like, "This sounds we we, we got to do this. this. We yeah, do, yeah. do this." I called Twitter, and I was like, "You come to Marvel. I want to talk about what we can do together." Yeah. And I had Biz and Jack, who were two of the founders of right, Twitter, and right. we we figured out some stuff to do. And I was like, "This is this," and I was telling people at Marvel, like, "This is going to be big." And I remember people will tell me again. We were sitting in the airport waiting for the flight to San Diego Comic Con that summer, mm-hmm. and them being like so what is it and i would show them twitter right. on my phone and what it meant and like i was teaching people about it and then they'll come back to me like you were right yeah it's just knowing like we have to be on the forefront of these things sure because it's just if we don't do it you know who the fuck's going to do it for us right. we have to do it for ourselves and yeah. that goes back to being a hardcore kid it's like we got to do it for ourselves right you can't wait for someone else to 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 get yeah. our shit together right or like yeah to present to you in a memo where it's like ryan I think we should get on this Twitter thing. Like, yeah, yeah you just like you see it, and you're like, oh, I think we did, I identify. I see why we should do this, yeah. and yeah. But it 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 definitely is difficult to you know evangelize when there is that level of just like it, obviously since they trusted you, it was a much yeah. easier yeah. So transition. I, a lot of trust, a lot of support, which has been good. I mean, there are always things. I get heated at work. Sure. Um, you know, I <laughs> I get fucking angry as shit. Really? Oh man, and I'm cursing because. There are people, you know, Fridays are my least favorite day of the week because it's Friday when yeah. everyone figures out, oh shit, all the stuff that I didn't do earlier in the week now has to get done. Right. And they're emailing me and calling me and like meetings until six o'clock and then I'm at the office until eight or nine. And right. It's like, it drives me nuts. And it's right. like, it's consistent. Right. Or just stupidity, like not playing ball with each other. It's like, we're in the same overall company, but you work for Disney. I work for Marvel. That person works for ABC. Let's fucking work together. Don't yeah. be a dick. Yeah, come on. We're we're all we're all we're all part of the same uh, the same boat, so to speak. Yeah, it, it, it drives me nuts. So I I get angry, but I try to I try to be good. Right, right. Try to balance it out. Yeah. So how long have you been married? Uh, four years in October. Okay. And how uh, does your wife does your wife work? Yeah, she okay. works. She teaches at Columbia and Fordham. Uh, like music history. Oh, nice. Yeah. Does she have any affiliation with like you know hardcore punk? Like, did she not know a, what that was a, at all? No. Nope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing at all. And which is good. I I I have a wife who she was familiar with like obviously the sort of like mid nineties, late nineties emo scene, like you know mineral get up kids and stuff like that. But yeah, not not a part of that. World. Yeah. 
No, my and my wife is like five years older than okay. me, so it's only five years, but that five years can make a huge difference in yeah. terms of music and pop culture and, and certain totally. knowledge and yeah, like you know. certain touchstones. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like that's yeah. yours and that's mine. Yeah, like I love the Goonies. She's like, that's okay. Yeah, like, yeah. you're like, what? Who are you? How did I? Make? The other night, uh, there was we were watching Comedy Bang Bang and they did a joke about Ghoulies. Sure. And I was like, fuck, look at that. That's so great. She's like. <laughs> What is it? Yeah. And I was like, I married a woman who's never seen Ghoulies. Right. And it was just so, so stupid, but, you know, it's one of those Right, things. where you're just like, well, yeah, that, that, yeah. that was like a, a two-year window where people could get into it, and you weren't a part of those two yeah. years. Yeah, but, you know, she'll listen to all my music, and, you know, some of it she likes, some of it she doesn't. She's like, she, she wants to, she's written, like, a fiction book, and she's trying to get them published, so she has this idea to do a book set in the hardcore scene, um, uh, it's like you know a young adult book, but right. set in the '90s hardcore scene. Sure, and using like, that's like the backdrop. Yeah, 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 and it's you know using my experiences and some of our friends' experiences, informing some of that, which mm-hmm. I think would be awesome. Oh yeah, I'd, no, totally. I'd love to read that and like oh yeah the references and you know pulling cool things in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. No, that's cool. So she obviously supports your uh, obsessive nature. Like, yeah. that's what, that that's what is always so uh, distinctly interesting for people that like dive into whatever it is that they're into and unrelenting. Like I'm I'm not giving this up because this is what I'm doing for the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah. <clears throat> and sometimes like that's relationships because you're like. Well, I have to be, you know, I have to leave for the weekend because I have to go to Anaheim to, you know, be at this convention. But she's obviously... Yeah, she's... Look, she, it makes sense. She understands it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it's fine. Right, right, it right. It all works out. And sort of to, to, to wrap things up, just because the, um, uh, you know, a lot of people that, like, communicate with me about the show and, like, obviously what they take out of it is the, you know, the sort of... The, the nature that you can do stuff without like you said asking permission like not knowing um you know not waiting for somebody to do it for you once they know your background and like know the fact it's like oh i see like where you've come from um are they impressed by the fact that you you know kind of have that that sort of diy spirit because obviously diy means something completely different now than (laughs) than what we know it as um but are people kind of like oh like once they see it in context or kind of like that's cool that that thing exists back then and still exists now. Like, depends on how much they understand it, right? You know, like, or do they, do they just think you're a hustler? They're just like, uh, oh yeah, Ryan's like he's. I think they more think it's just like uh, I'm a hustler. I I'm pretty good at what I do, and I just you know I'm in there. I'm, right, I'm right. Just clever, but you know, a lot of it is built up over the years, and not everybody gets it. Right. You know, but what we what we didn't really talk about was those like. The people that you know mm-hmm. you, you congregate around certain people like oh, you totally. know oh yeah he's a hardcore kid yeah like, yeah yeah you can sniff it like you were saying you yeah can you sniff know each your other own around. right right so grew up in the Long Island hardcore scene yep I did photography uh, we were at CBGB's the end of 1997 and I was taking it was uh, it was one of the 90 um, indecision silent majority Millhouse shows <laughs> right, that right, was going right. on in that year <laughs> and it was at CB's at that point and so I was standing behind um, the drum kit during probably all three of them, but definitely during Silent Majority, mm-hmm. um, and I was taking photos. And, you know, I always share my photos with whoever wants to see them, and Silent Majority was like, oh, no, Wreckage, Wreckage wanted sure. to um, use one of the photos for a poster. And I was like, sure, I, yes, great, take it. And so they turned it into a poster, it's great. And so that's that, that's over here. Night in 2007, I'm on Twitter and I, I tweet Silent Majority lyrics, uh, just randomly because yeah because that was whatever I was listening to that day right and this guy who I'd only known a little bit, um, he worked at a website called iFanboy, and he's like, that's from Silent Majority. How do you know that? I'm like, well, I'm from Long Island, blah blah blah. He's like, so am I, and then we started talking more and. We became buddies through conventions and mutual friends and stuff and found out that he's a Long Island hardcore kid from, he's like three years older or four years older than okay. me. So slightly different, right. close, but, you know, like he would work at the PWAC when I would go to the PWAC. <laughs> sure. And, you know, he would work at the right track and if I would go to the right track, like we moved in similar circles, but I was just a little bit younger, didn't really know, I never knew him. Right, right, then. yeah. But apparently we had been at dozens of the same shows. Of course, shows. you're like, I've been in the same room as you many times. Many, yeah. many times. So the 
Silent Majority, we talked about that show, and he was like, he was like, yeah, I remember that show. It was a great show. I was like, yeah. So I showed him the poster. We looked at it, and we're like, that's you right that's there. You're, you're in the front row wearing a Frodo's T-shirt, uh, <laughs> like a Frodo's Batman T-shirt. Of course, oh, yeah, the classic Frodo's yeah. shirt. Yeah, yeah, And singing along, and, <clears throat> like, it's just 10 years later, we, like, come right. together in this way, and he's now one of my closest friends. Right, like, and you're both in the same industry, even though you obviously had no, yeah, you know prior connections besides growing up in that scene. Yeah. And, it, it, and that's that, that's the one thing that <clears throat> obviously gets me stoked about what you because you have such a large platform in regards to the social networks. It's so it, it's so great. Like it bums me out when people have come from a certain area of whatever. Like using a random person like Dave Grohl, he do, obvi- like does not bum me out because he obviously, I mean, to say he respects his past is you know beyond like that, that's an understatement. Yeah. <clears throat> and so he always references everything that grew him into what he is now but it's like the fact that you have this medium where it's just like people may have zero affiliation with music at all but you're able to you know mention propaganda you're able to mention silent majority all these bands you're able to bring in and kind of be like you may pique the interest of you know that's the whole point right i have this this reach now and i want people to listen to (laughs) the cool music that i've loved you want you want people to listen to life of a spectator like that's i mean come on yeah all the time I want that to somehow get passed around a million different ways, you know? It's, right, right, right. Yeah. And, that's, and it's just, it, it's cool that you're able to do that and obviously put it in context of, you know, who you are as a person and then obviously, like, what you're doing now. Because it's like sometimes people, sometimes people, just because they grow up, they're forced to not, yeah. like, be into that stuff anymore. Because yeah. that's just, you know, it takes effort. One of my favorite things they do at Marvel is bring bands and, like, people who aren't affiliated with Marvel at all, mm-hmm. who just like Marvel, who have some sort of recognition somewhere, they right. do something cool, bring them by, give them a tour, and do like a podcast or an interview or take some photos and say, you know, uh, Taking Back Sunday came by Marvel. Boom. The Sleeping came by Marvel. Brand- Jesse from Brand New came by Marvel. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, these are people I know, and I'm let's, let's bring this all together and let's make it exciting. Right, right, right. Yeah, That's like awesome. Well, I really appreciate you hanging out and obviously wanting yeah, to bullshit about <laughs> all the fun stuff in the past and all the fun stuff that's yeah. happening right now. It's a good time. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So there you go. Hopefully the audio wasn't too bad for you. We did record it in the middle of a convention, and there were a few people that walked by, but we tried to get a little, little quiet corner. So big thanks to Ryan. I mean, he didn't need to do this and uh, you know take time out of the day to hang out with me, but he did, and I really appreciate that. Here's some plugs. Check out propertyofzach.com. Check out the How We Are podcast network, howweare.org. The editor for this show is Tom Richfield. And uh, if you're interested in anything else, visit the show's website, which is 100wordspodcast.com. You'll find an archive of all the previous shows and a bunch of other stuff that I post throughout the week. I mean, I, the hits keep on coming. Got so much rad shit. Next week is Davey Havoc from AFI. There's a tease. So yeah, so, so much great stuff in store. Follow along. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. Be safe. Yeah.